episode, we're veering away from the more tangible sides of training to talk about something a little different, your attitude towards failure. Whether you don't care about sending or you hate falling off the wall, I bet there are a few things about failing that you can learn from today's episode. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take a good hard look in the mirror. You're listening to The Average Climber Podcast. Okay, Lauren, I need a fun fact. Today is yes. not starting out okay. <laughs> Caitlin is having an absolute day, but I I feel that if you two listeners are having a day, that my fun fact will make it at least 0.4% better. And that's the, that's the lower I'll end it. of the level you of know. improvement we're looking for in this fun <laughs> fact. But it is very cute, very fun, near and dear oh, to my heart. It. It's like um, you knew. You were like, Caitlin's having a day. She, yeah, she just not came the from day the for... eye doctor and her oh, prescription got worse. Yeah. Just in time for your 30th. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm such a woman <laughs> who like checked me in. She was like, <laughs> she was like, wow, um, I'm going to have the doctor come in and just double check this because this seems wrong. Like you've jumped a lot. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that's really fun. Turns out me sitting in front of a computer every day isn't working. Strange. <laughs> that's so weird. Um, But you're working even though it's not working for your eyes. <laughs> Am I, Lauren? Am I? Anyway, yes, I digress. Let's <laughs> What's your oh fun God. and cute fact? Oh, it is extremely <laughs> cute. So I learned about the I so I for those of you who don't know, I grew up in Cincinnati, but I did not know I didn't know this was a thing that was happening all around me as I grew up, but this is a real event that happens every year during Oktoberfest in Cincinnati. And it is called the running of the wieners. <laughs> and it is excellent because I aspire to own at least two dachshunds a herd of wieners someday. someday. A herd of dachshunds someday. <laughs> but basically, every year during Oktoberfest, all of these little dogs, all the little dachshunds, they wear hot dog costumes <laughs> and they run a race. That's so cute. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I know. It's really cute. Please, listener, go look at pictures of this. Just look up running I'm of the wieners. It's, it's so, so funny. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's excellent. I love it. They, they do it every year. I'm really mad that I've never seen this happen and that I missed it this year. But, oh, yeah. wow. Missed opportunity. <laughs> Gigantic missed opportunity. And I could have just scooped three of them up. I could have taken the slow ones. Just, yeah, Just kidding. Like, I wouldn't my... kidnap a dog. I wouldn't do that. But not maliciously. <laughs> As in, you're getting a new name now and you should have run faster. Which, what were you gonna name i don't know if you want this to be public knowledge but i just love your potential dachshund names <laughs> we had like a car a car theme name situation <laughs> going on where we named them like fancy cars like um well it was like g-wagon and well, i can't mike really remember. is pulling for g-wagon which i think is not good but he loves it there's it also like a series of something yeah. it's yeah. like a, an actual name where it's like something wagon felled Oh, yes. Joffrey, Joffrey Wagenfeld. Joffrey yes. is typing this in the chat because he is Thank aware you, of Mike Josh. bringing this up constantly. Oh, my but, God. 
Yes. I also think it'd be funny to just, I think it's funny to name dogs fancy butler names. Mm-hmm. Just I in agree. general. Like, that's I, funny. Yeah. And I think a bunch of dachshunds with fancy butler names is good. So It's either fancy butler names or, like, really stupid food names, like Donut. There's oh. no in between. If my friend Kat is listening, she's debating on what to name her tiny, her, she just got a Weimaraner puppy. Yeah, she showed Um, me pictures. Yeah, it's really cute, and she's considering naming it uh, Hogarth, I believe, but calling it Hoagie for short, and I'm like, Hoagie is a cute dog name, and it's a little nugget, but anyways... (laughs) <laughs> so do you feel better? We just talked about dogs for three whole minutes. So oh, you could have brought me to tears with how cute that was. I yep. feel at least like at least 0.4% better. Perfect. More. <laughs> I don't like to overstate my label claims. So I'm glad that 0.4% was achieved. Now Excellent. we're probably going to make it not worse again, but we are going to take a good hard look at a fun, a fun and ever present part wow. of rock climbing like today sharp left turn today <laughs> sharp left buckle up get ready for to get ready to feel attacked yeah. caitlin what do you want to tell tell yeah. us what we're talking about today <sighs> we're talking about <laughs> the sigh <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> we're we're post halloween when this when this well actually we're recording this on halloween so i feel that this is very appropriate we are talking about the fear of failure and how it can impact your climbing lauren yep. What's what's the inspiration for this actually? Because I could tell you how you came into my brain and inspired pulled out that inspiration, but I'm curious to hear where it's coming from for you. <laughs> oh, well this is very interesting cuz I I had a great conversation with my dear friend Carly over at Project Direct Coaching. I can still like remember our coaching call to this day cuz she has helped me with some of my own mindset things. But I truly used to think that I did not have, like, a problem with fear of failure. I was like, no, no, it's falling. That's the problem. Falling heights. Those are my problems. Failure, not a problem. I'm zen about it. It's chill. (laughs) I'm a zen failure person. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm used to the process of (laughs) I love failure. It's It's so fun. It's fine. I don't have an ego. Blah, blah, blah. No, no. Then I have this, like... In a short amount of time talking to Carly, I came to the realization that I actually, like, it was something that I needed to work on. So I I kind of wanted to bring that to our listeners because you might be like, no, no, I'm totally failure's chill. Me and failure, we're friends. It's literally not a big deal. I get that failing's part of climbing is chill. But, and maybe, maybe that's true. And maybe you are in a really good place with your relationship with failure. But maybe there are some things that you haven't quite considered. So that's kind of why I wanted to bring this discussion to the people. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's one of those things that we don't, maybe we don't think about all that often. Like maybe it, it sort of is there subconsciously. Like, yeah, I'm, I don't want to fail in climbing, but I don't know if we ever necessarily label it as a fear of failure per se. You know, I think there's a lot of that inherent fear that we talk about but this kind of gets uh like oh no we're not going to talk about it next like yeah next I don't want to admit that I have yeah no so this is definitely like a looking inward type of podcast episode you know hangboarding's cool but if at the if at the the reason I like to talk about things like this is like if at the root of your core you have like some of these mindset issues it's gonna kind of like permeate throughout all of your efforts to climb and train so that's why we gotta Mm -hmm. we gotta talk about this stuff because it's important so yeah 
Let's dive in. Yeah, let's let's start here because I think maybe this is a <laughs> a good place to begin the discussion. So, as we talk about fear of failure, where do you think this actually comes from? You know, what is it? Where does this originate? What's my <laughs> tell me? What is my origin story? Yeah, <laughs> what is the failure? origin story? <laughs> um, obviously, everyone. I am a personal trainer. I'm not a therapist. So, if you need therapy around this or this brings anything up see your therapist. I'm not a doctor. Duh. But I think there's a few kind of like obvious places that we can see how a strained relationship with failure might develop. First of all, I think... Oh, (laughs) wait. Pause. (laughs) Rewind. But I just want to say that as someone who coaches athletes, I feel like you do have such a good insight into this. You know, like I think... Therapy aside, that's working through the fear of failure, but you have awareness of this because you see it a lot. And I feel like that's so important to talk through with athletes because when you're their coach, you're kind of like their buddy, you know, and you're like, yeah, this is totally normal. So anyway, that's just me being like, you're great. Shout out you. you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. No, absolutely. And it very, very true. I think like the I think there's some things that are just kind of like, this is part of being an athlete and having a certain type of relationship with failure is part of becoming a good athlete, no matter what sport you're doing. So very important to talk about. Brain training. Brain (laughs) training and just your attitude in general. And this is what we're going to dig into today. So I think obviously, as we all grow up, we're kind of taught like a certain definition of success, right? Like success is winning, which is like objectively true, right? But we kind of have this idea of like what success looks like and then you know, and we're also taught that, like, if this is the definition of success, anything that isn't that traditional definition of success is automatically bad, right? Mm, So I think it can a little bit come from that. I think, you know, also success equals acceptance, right? Like, we get this message that, like, it's better to succeed and not that it's bad to want to succeed and not that it's bad to like celebrate people that do incredible things or anything like that but I think it's just important to recognize how we can see like oh traditional forms of success success are good so that means failures bad but it's a little bit more nuanced than that also if you (laughs) I'm just thinking about as a kid, when somebody's like, oh, they're just a sore loser. And you're like, yeah, they are. And that's so negative too. It's like, you're allowed to be upset, especially when success is so highly praised. But if you are, you know, a quote, sore loser, you're going to be made to feel bad about it. So really there's no winning even in winning. (laughs) Oh, that's such a a great point too. It's like, oh, you're supposed to win. And then if you don't win, you're supposed to automatically not have any negative feelings about it. And if you do, it's bad. So yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a slippery, slippery situation we're in. But yeah, that's kind of in a, in a short nutshell, I think that's part of where all of our, yeah. you know, some of our fears of failure can come from, you know, that's, it'd be yeah. like that. But well, so <laughs> let's get into the meat of it. Lauren, I know you have these four indicators that you really want to share with us. And they signal a fear of failure. And how that might be valuable for a climber to work on. So I'm I'm curious, shall shall we dive in here? Yes. Okay, let's get to it. So the first one I want to share, and this was the one, I'm sharing this one first because this was the one that got me to realize that maybe I have a different relationship with failure than I had originally thought. So my friend asked me, she's like, well, she was like, well, what kind of crags do you go to? 
And I think I was like, oh, well, I like to try to go to, you know, the most quiet crag possible (laughs) with not anyone there. And then we kind of like dug into it a little bit more. And then I realized that in so many climbing situations, I was actively seeking out ways to not be climbing around other people because I did not want people to watch me. And especially I did not want them to watch me failing or falling, which is like pretty ironic since I'm a climbing coach and like (laughs) me putting myself out there as a rock climber is literally part of my job description. But I was doing a lot of like, how can I make sure no one sees me? And I didn't realize that that was was kind of a manifestation of fearing failure. So ways to kind of realize if so if I just struck a chord with you where you're like, Oh fuck. Cause I like lied Happy. to myself about it too. I was like, oh, it's cause it's more efficient and I can get more. I think I talked about this in our like power company crossover yeah. episode too, but I'm like, it's more efficient. I'm not, you know, waiting in lines, like all this stuff. And it's like, no, dude, you're trying as hard as you can to not be climbing on the new boulder set so that no one watches you fall off. Like you're trying really hard to make sure no one sees you rock climbing. Yeah. And I kind of had to realize that. So and it was Is because something- I didn't want to watch people fail. <laughs> Yeah. Well, is this something that you find as a coach now, do you still struggle with this or is this something that you're like, yeah, okay, we're good. We're cruising through it. It's definitely gotten a lot better. For example, uh, (laughs) this was really funny. One day when I was in Lander working on my project this summer, my nightmare situation happens. So like there's these two male guides that are with like basically a fucking boy scout troop of little children ages like (laughs) nine to 15 that are like tiny boy rock climbers basically (laughs) and there's just like a pile of them just like a like island of penguins and then i roll up to my project (laughs) these two guides that are probably in their like early 20s one of them literally flashes my project the other one like almost flashes it like they are very strong rock climbers did they ask you (laughs) Yeah, no, they were like, honestly, everyone was very nice, like all these things. But like, it's just kind of like, oh, yes, uh, I'm climbing on my project in front of people that are objectively much stronger than me. And then I also just have like a pile of little climber kids that can be fucking ruthless if you haven't been around climber kids. And it was also just like a lot of people watching me yeah I've climbing had a on my projects so like well, it was have... my worst nightmare and I did it and it wasn't that bad and I was still able to climb well and I don't think three years ago I would have been able to do that I would have yeah. been like nope we're out of here I um, have two responses to that AML <laughs> if that is your project and they were like I'm sure they asked and it was fine but also I feel very uh like bork bork about that where I'm like come on <laughs> they were also there first they didn't like roll up on me trying it like they were okay. at the crack okay, like okay. before me so that no everyone everyone was very kosher it was okay. fine I was just but like this is a lot still... this is the non-ideal situation but I I did fine okay um, well and everyone yeah but the other thing I want to say about that is one time I had a little boy come up to me and he's like you climbed that weird I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> how dare you first of all and second of all do you have any tips <laughs> like oh my god that <laughs> is horrible okay but little kids have no filter um I had a kid literally this kid was malicious he's probably like five so I'm like you're not an asshole just yet but like if you you're growing on into this one trend it's Welcome. not looking good and also his parents were 
definably assholes. And I was like, mm. I'm so glad you didn't just punish your child. I fell. And he goes, ha ha, you fell and like cackles. And it wasn't like cute. It was like mean. And I was like, you are a devil spawn, you little yeah. asshole child. So I, he's not that, really yeah, growing so. into that asshole gene. So yeah, cool. I know. But his parents wow. also like kind of sucked a lot. So we won't get we won't get we won't get into that but yeah um it was um yeah so anyways but i think like one i first of all hopefully that like little i know it's like kind of a funny example but hopefully that illustrates like if you're like i don't think it's a problem i'll just keep avoiding people forever like <laughs> no because you're just, like if you only get to climb outside so much or like if sometimes you have to deal with being in a crowded gym like ask yourself this like don't you think it'd be better if you could be comfortable in those situations like wouldn't that add a lot more like time and flexibility and just more comfort um if you could kind of grow as a person and sort of like deal with those things instead of always having to avoid it like yeah obviously it's always going to be you know maybe more comfortable for you to not be in that situation but wouldn't it be nice if it didn't totally mean that you just needed to like pack up and head somewhere else you know like get comfortable just being a presence also nobody cares about what other people are doing and if they do they're also part of the asshole gene community so totally it really doesn't matter (laughs) yeah no that's and obviously like for the most part this is the truth and then every now and again some people are total jerks but whatever but like I always ask people this it's so funny I ask athletes this it works every time and I go hey what are you thinking about when you're climbing around a bunch of other people And everyone is kind of stares at me blank or they say, oh, well, I'm thinking about my own climbing or what I'm going to eat for lunch or what I'm going to do next or whatever. And then I look at everyone, you know, in this group call or whatever, and I go, were any of you thinking about how you always think about what other rock climbers are doing? And everyone's always like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, do you think that means probably no one's really thinking that much about what you're doing? And they're like, whoa, they're not. I'm like, they probably aren't. No. So our world is our own, you know, like yeah. <laughs> everyone's kind of focused on themselves. Yeah, so we're at the center of our own universe. So <laughs> yeah, rest assured that probably if you're trying hard and falling off of something, everyone, if they're even thinking about you, they're probably just like, oh, that person's trying hard. Moving on to whatever else I was thinking about. Next. So something to keep something to keep in mind. Caitlin, how do you feel about climbing in front of crowds? I feel feel like it depends like if I get bad vibes from a community of people then it's like spooky but Mm, yeah I don't know it's honestly been a really long time since I've climbed with a big crowd and I think the more comfortable I get around people the more likely I am to be comfortable climbing around them so like for example last year when we were in Joe's remember we were trying to play on finger hut yeah and it was obviously very challenging and <laughs> yes the, the group that rolled in was like the super strong like girl crusher crew oh yeah and it was bad bitches club out there yeah. it was tight in a in a loving <laughs> non-offensive way to the women that were there <laughs> yeah a very quiet, but I think what helped me kind of bridge that gap of being like oh my god I'm so intimidated it was like just talking to them and getting to know them asking questions and just having fun I think that was the biggest way that I was able to get into that situation and not be like holy shit (laughs) yeah I think turning someone getting you know just 
And obviously not everyone in the world is friendly and wants to talk to you and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times if I can just have a semi-normal conversation with someone, they go from being an unknown person that probably thinks I'm stupid to just being <laughs> like another human being that has their own is shit. <laughs> probably supportive or is at least like a non-entity in caring about what I'm doing with my funding. So I think like just yeah. talking to people at the crag and realizing like, oh, everyone is, you know, hopefully for the most part going to be normal and cool and if they're not, you know, that's another story. But yeah, so that's usually, that's a good, if you feel really uncomfortable around crowds, I would say if you can just talk to people like human beings, you might find that they aren't as scary as you think they are. So yeah. Yes. I love it. Great. Well, so what what else you got? Let's see. Okay. Let's move on to number two. Two of four. Okay. This one, this one might also trigger some of you so the indicator number two that you might have an interesting relationship with failure is that you avoid setting any outcome-based goals at all ever and also not getting on challenging terrain for you so Mm. if you feel like you won't get on something if you aren't like pretty sure you can send it that's a good indicator that maybe you know you you don't like failing and you would prefer to set yourself up for secure success all the time. Interesting. Wait, can you um, define, I almost said download. That's incorrect. Can you define what an outcome goal is for our listeners who aren't familiar? So outcome goals are things that sort of have like a binary yes, no, did we do it right? So an outcome goal in climbing might be send this boulder or climb this grade, or, you know, things like that are kind of outcome goals. Or be able to do, you know, if you start a training cycle and you can only do three pull-ups, you're like, my outcome goal that I want to achieve is being able to do five pull-ups. So these are kind of like endpoints that can be very clearly defined, so to speak. Yeah. So you're saying when someone has a fear fear of failure they're essentially not setting like any of these big goals to either aspire to or to find that motivation is that right yeah Hmm. and it's not that it's a bad thing to not you know okay for example like it's not like you automatically have a horrible fear of failure if you're having a hard time you know setting an outcome goal like let's say for your outdoor season it might just be you know I'm not saying like oh well I've never climbed in this area before so I don't have a goal so that means I have a fear of failure no that just means you don't aren't familiar with the area and you're not like sure you know what your goals are but if you like climb year over year and you and it's before I even get into this it's totally okay to be like climbing is fun for me and I do not care about getting better and I don't care about xyz and i don't Mm, care about my performance that's totally fine i would imagine you're probably not listening to this podcast if you truly don't give a flying fuck about getting (laughs) better not crazy like us (laughs) yeah like that's you know that's that's one thing and i'm not saying that's a bad thing and it's not like better or worse to be the climber that like truly doesn't care about getting better or be the climber that you know wants to improve their climbing both Mm -hmm. are equally awesome it is the sport is what you want to make of it but if you are a climber that cares about getting better but you can never set an outcome goal that scares you a little bit, you might fear failure so much that you won't try something that could cause you to grow in climbing. And you're going to be missing out on a lot of opportunities to get better because you won't take that risk. And you'll only know, 
you know, I can never, like, tell you that that's your problem. Like, if that, like, hit you in the gut a little bit, it means it might be you. Might be you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I feel like I have a good example here. And I'm not saying it's me, but I'm definitely also saying it's me. Asking for a friend. (laughs) 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 Me, I'm my friend. Um, Anyway, so (laughs) I, I often find that or I guess I shouldn't say often because this is something I've actively worked on with you but in the past I would be really stoked to get on to get on anything that wasn't my style so if it felt like my anti-style or like a I I'm not gonna say veggie style because I love veggies but the veggies <laughs> you're I like I hate like. that you've branded rock climbs <laughs> you don't like with vegetables <laughs> You're right. It's that is ve- a little fucked up with me, but fine. the veggies I don't like. Let's say that. So, okay. yeah. um, whatever that is, I can't or even like think of horse-sized one. vitamin pills. Those are not. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I'm gonna call it the wasabi climbs for me because I hate wasabi. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so for me, I feel like I mean, sorry, my friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my f- if. <laughs> I'm just so giggly today. Okay, so if not, if you're not getting on those types of climbs because you just you know that maybe there's some like inherent fear of failure, or maybe you know that like you're not going to succeed as much as you would as if you know in comparison to getting on a climb that you feel really confident about. Like I'll go walk up to a crimp climb and be like, done, sold, it's going down. And then I go up to a climb that has some really stupid like heel hook that's like if you fall, you're probably gonna break your neck and maybe tear something. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like, you know what? That's I I don't know what it is. I just don't like that style. <laughs> that's I mean, I know I'm kind of throwing a lot of examples out, but I feel like that sort of rings a bell with a fear of failure where it's like Mm. there's some things that maybe, of course, are scary. But if you are afraid of maybe trying something that's not comfortable, do you think that's also where some of that failure and that fear mindset comes into play? Yes. And I think that's honestly such a good example. Also, before I get into it, obviously, everyone has a risk tolerance that they're willing to deal with. So if there is something, and obviously we can always use like danger or something as an excuse to get on something, even if it really isn't that much more dangerous than something else that's Mm -hmm. in our style. So, you know, you kind of got to be self-aware of like, is this actually too dangerous and beyond my risk tolerance? Or am I just using that as an excuse to not get out of my comfort zone and get on something that's not the style that I want to do? Again, this is something you're going to have to look inward and like decide for yourself. It's a good point. But I, I think the types of climbing that you're not as inclined to as other types of climbing, use myself as an example. I'm very proud of myself because this morning that this podcast is being recorded, I have had a V3 scrunchy, sloper, fat, pinchy project in the gym. I also want to say that in the like intro tour of the gym that I'm currently going to, they're like, we are by far the stiffest climbing gym in Cincinnati. Whatever you <laughs> climb in the other gyms around here, like cut that in half. And I'm taking the tour and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, la, la, la. that's not true. And now that I'm like operating in there, I'm like, oh no, it feels whatever stiff grading aside I'm like these are the grades it's literally fine but you know like the area where your fear of failure or your ego is going to come out a little bit is where 
something is like a much lower grade than what oh, is typically yeah. challenging to you. So one, your ego is taking a hit because you're like, I'm having a really hard time on something that like, quote, should be easy for me because of the grade that it is or whatever. And then it's also if it's hitting all the things that you're not, you know, that aren't typically the things you're good at, you're going to have to like battle it even more. So I think if you like really, really avoid working on those weaknesses or on those types of things that styles that you know are not your forte, like that's another kind of place to look inward and be like, oh yeah, my fear of like not looking awesome or my fear of like failing on something that Mm. quote should be easy for me might be causing me to miss out on an opportunity to get a lot better at rock climbing. So anyways, I'm really proud of myself because I had this project that was like a grade that I typically flash or use to warm up and it had a bunch of stuff on it that I found really challenging and I like (laughs) stuck with it for like four sessions and I sent it this morning and I was really happy it was really hard I had to have like Mike be power spotting me and like all this stuff oh my god but yeah I'm glad because I could have just said like I'm not working on this this is just stupid and this is like a dumb problem and I'm moving on but instead I was like oh, this is a grade that should be easy for me and I'm getting wrecked by it and I bet there's something I can like learn from this. And the more like it takes a lot of like being in your higher self type of energy. But a good reframe. Good job, Lauren. (laughs) But I was really proud of myself and it felt really good to stick with it and suck it up and get it done and not let my ego rob me of the opportunity and just like go work on something at a higher grade that's like in my style. So that is a great... <laughs> Josh is Josh is talking about how he is personally triggered right now in our little uh, recording <laughs> chat. <laughs> he's he's mad. I know, guys. I'm only talking about all of this because I've literally had all of these problems. So if you feel called out, it's only because I have to call myself out too. So speaking of calling myself out, uh, let me bring you all to number three. <laughs> Let's go! Oh my god, Lauren's like evil laugh. You didn't see it, but she like did like a chin down like (laughs) 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 oh my god yeah because number three is probably my greatest talent which is being excessively hard on myself or yourself you call it a talent and not a toxic trait uh yeah talent said with like a lot of asterisks around it that my therapist would like throw eggs at me about this eggs (laughs) she wouldn't do that that? very sweet she would not do that but they wouldn't be deviled either. That would hurt. I'd rather them crack, I think. Right? I mean, not if they're already out of the Send shell. us an email. Would you rather have be hit, be hit with deviled eggs or hit with raw eggs from a pain perspective, not an outfit perspective? An out- <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, personally, I don't want either, but I feel like deviled eggs would be better. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, please, please send us an email and let us know which you would prefer the average climber podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your perspective on this. But um, so what does this look like if you are excessively hard on yourself? Because this is this is definitely a tough one because self-criticism is really important. Um, if we thought that everything we did was amazing, kind of like our moms in kindergarten, right? Like if we mm-hmm. were like, that drawing of that lion is incredibly realistic, honey, all the time when it's like a sun with sticks coming out of it. And you we get just a trophy. Like, you get yeah, a trophy. Yeah, exactly. Like if we had no self-criticism, we'd still be like 
a kindergartner level at everything, right? Like we would never <laughs> like actually get better at stuff because we would just think we were awesome. So some self-criticism is good, but it's kind of the dose makes the poison, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. if you're constantly beating yourself up and you never think anything you do is good and you're always just in a bad mood about your performance, I think that is less than productive. And like I said, one of my more toxic traits, something I'm constantly working through. But I think that is a really good indicator that your relationship with failure might need a bit of a tune-up. Caitlin, do you have any thoughts about that? I think you're probably too hard on yourself oh, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> absolutely. I am – man, my critic on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> like 2% most of the time. <laughs> oh, my God, Caitlin. Uh, but I, I actually have been – this is something I've been working on, not only in my climbing. Actually, I would say in my climbing, this is where I'm, like, shining right now because I've moved past so much of the ego aspect of climbing in the last few years just because I, I honestly haven't had time to really project anything. And I think that's helped me heal my relationship with trying hard all the time and being Mm -hmm. hard on myself when I don't have a good day or, you know, just like acknowledging that, of course, in the weekend warrior lifestyle, if you have a really tough week and then you go into your weekend like, yeah, I'm going to crush everything now. And it's like your whole world blew up, your laptop exploded and someone said something mean to you online. Like, I think that you get into the weekend and you're like, why can't I perform? And it's like, well, duh, obviously like you got to kind of give yourself some space to heal. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like don't forget that trying really hard on rock climbs definitely can take some mental and emotional space and sometimes if you don't have that energy to give, you might not do as well as you want to cuz you're yeah. just, you're only human, you know? You want to be able to I'm saying this to myself a lot, but like you want to be able to do it all, <laughs> but sometimes it like can you be hear that brain. It's fine. You're fine. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So something to keep in mind that if you feel like you're always really hard on yourself, you're constantly disappointed with how you're climbing and you never can, you know, um, and we'll get into some tips on how to kind of deal with all of this in our after the break here. But, you know, if that's if that sounds like you were like, oh, my God, I'm always really hard on myself. Reframing your relationship with failure might be maybe should be higher on your to-do list yeah. than oh, other things. Oh, can I actually interject with one thing? Yes. I learned this in the therapy call recently. Oh, fun. And what up, Wendy? What up, Wendy? Yeah, <laughs> you guys both know know her. You know our therapist names. Anyway. Don't please don't look t- Are we allowed to do that? I'm <laughs> think we'll so. bleep it out if we have to. We're not allowed to There's say a lot our of names, Wendy's out there. There's a lot of Claire's out there. Yeah. So anyhow. So Wendy told me that the reason I might say worse things to myself is because I never learned the dialogue. So she said that I never either learned it from people around me or I just never came up with it on my own. But no one ever really said, like, that's okay. Failure is normal. And, like, you you're you'll be fine or like this scary movie isn't real like there are a lot of things like that that have come up where Mm. it's like of course you're scared of course you're upset like that's normal this is a totally okay thing to feel but I don't think I ever really strongly developed that like this is totally fine like you'll be okay those things are just not 
they're not really, I don't feel like I have them in my tool chest of things to say to myself or I, I don't know where that comes from, but. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's such a good point. I think if your internal dialogue is always like you suck or like that went really well, like learning to be like, <laughs> or that went really well, you know, like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like I, it's always the like classic, like if you wouldn't say it to your friend, why are you saying it to yourself? But like, really, that's a good question to ask. Like when you're kind of trying to check yourself on, you know, like if your friend was going through a similar climbing day, would you tell your friend like, yeah, well it's cause you're a shitty rock climber and you don't try hard <laughs> at all. Like stupid. and you're dumb too. And your toenails are weird. Like it, well, you wouldn't do that to your friend. Um, I mean, if if depends if it, on your friendship, but I don't, well, I don't, I don't think, have any time for that. Yeah, I don't think you you probably wouldn't say that to your friend. So if you wouldn't say it to your friend, maybe why are you saying it to yourself? You know, yeah. like or there's maybe like a more constructive way to talk to yourself than just berating yourself yeah, about totally. like normal human things. Which kind of brings me to my indicator number four, which is reacting disproportionately to normal Mm. setbacks or struggles. A couple examples that I'm going to throw out here are wanting to change your whole training plan because one day didn't go well, whether in training or at the crag. So being like, um, I had one day where I felt tired after only one burn on my project. So I think the whole plan didn't work and we need to like light everything on fire and redo everything or like, <laughs> You're like you know, coming hold. to like no. wild conclusions after, you know, one day that doesn't go well or, mm. you know, like I think we've all seen it where someone, you know, is throwing shoes when they fall or like cursing really loud and not that it's okay to like not have these feelings. And, I, but uh, you know, I think having a shorter fuse for or having a longer fuse for getting that frustrated about rock climbing um, will behoove you. Um, we won't even get into how I think it's unfair that I, I kind of have the opinion. We won't talk about it too much, but I kind of feel like men are generally given more leeway to react with like a lot of anger and noise and frustration than women are on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like it's more frowned upon if like men are showing a lot of it's more I think it's more frowned upon if women are showing like excess emotion or like crying or something but men can like yell fuck super loud and like throw their shoes and everyone's like oh he's just strong and mad so that's okay but then if a woman cries it's like oh my god she's a drama queen I think that's shitty I actually feel the opposite (laughs) really do you feel like you're more interesting do share more (laughs) so when men have a fit I'm like I can hear my eye roll because I'm like oh my God, so dramatic. And I I think that it's not that it's toxic to have that outward reaction, but I think that that's oftentimes what my first thought is before I'm like, okay, no, they're upset. That's valid. And then when women are really upset, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you're upset. I Karen get it. To- yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's all. I'm not going to lie. That's kind of how I feel too. I kind of feel like, <laughs> okay, not that, I, not that I haven't like reacted adversely to climbing, but I think, yeah, I've thrown you know, my shoes many times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, climbing is really frustrating. I think like we're all human. We're all going to like overreact sometimes. But if yeah. I'm talking about like, if every time you fall or every time you mess up, mm. like, I think we've all watched like maybe like a teenager just get like weirdly overly mad about something that like wasn't that big of a deal. I'm talking about if yeah. this is like, constantly all the time you're always in a state of like a little failure or a little mistake or like a little annoyance like sets you off the edge like that might be a sign that like your relationship with failures you know could could be improved upon because for all this energy that you're putting into like throwing your shoes and yelling and getting pissed off or like 
crying or whatever it may be, giving yourself a little bit more time before you like judge yourself and beat yourself up to the point that you're like that mad and using more of that energy to just like figure out the rock climb or figure out why you fell. Like that's going to be a better use of your energy. But I've got more tips for you after after the break. So let's take a little break and then we'll get into some tips on how to work on your fear of failure if any of these indicators made you go, oh, that is me. Caitlin, you know what I notice every time I go back home to Ohio? What, Lauren? That it is so freaking humid and I don't know if I'm making it up but I have the hardest time staying hydrated when it's this sticky out (laughs) I bet the Midwest is so sticky it really is yeah it's pretty gross but you know what I found kind of helps me drink more water and stay hydrated while I am back home in the grand Midwest Ooh, what Gnarly's hydrate powder because I feel like whenever I put hydrate powder in my water that I drink more water because it's tasty and then I'm more hydrated because of that. I do the exact same thing and yeah it's it's actually really great for hydration because the electrolytes in it help move water and nutrients throughout our body and then it helps maintain fluid balance within our cells. So pretty cool. And I actually recommend this to all my sweaty climbers too. It's great. Awesome. I love that. Well, that makes a lot of sense as to why (laughs) hydrate powder helps me stay hydrated when I am back in the sticky Midwest. And also having a crappy training session because I'm dehydrated is just, I just really do not have time for that. No. So no, we do not have time for that. And listener, if you don't have time for that either, then check out Gnarly Nutrition's Hydrate Powder. You can check out all the awesome flavors at gonarly.com. And pst, the raspberry is my favorite. That Grapefruit's flavor... mine. Oh, nice. Yes, those <laughs> flavors are great. You will drink more water and you will be hydrated because of the electrolytes. So gonarly.com. Check it out right now. Break time's over. Let's Break get down to over. business. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and we yeah. are back. Okay. Let's jump right in, Lauren. So if that's okay with you, I felt like I should ask you. No, I want to dawdle. <laughs> I want to talk about nothing for six minutes I before go I back do you to anything the, helpful. Wiener race. <laughs> I want to talk about dogs more. Nah, we can. Fine. Uh, fine. Okay. I'll help you. Fine. Okay. I'll provide you with the tips I said I would provide. God. Good. Do you want nothing for, am I just content to all of you? I'm a person. (laughs) It's like, I mean, do you want that answer? Because I know what Instagram says. Um, Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's why we like being here and not on Instagram. Yeah. Just kidding. But really, but just kidding. You know, just be, if you don't like us, just unfollow. That's all you have to do. Yeah. That's my one thing for today. Okay. Okay. Helping. (laughs) Helping hand via Lauren. Okay. How can you work on your relationship with failure? Please tell me and all of the friends that I talk about. (laughs) Yes. All of my friends. All of me. All of me and my parts of me that I am sort of friends with. Air quotes. Yes. So (laughs) (laughs) this whole episode, the theme song is anti-hero. Shout out Midnight's. Thanks, Taylor (laughs) Swift. It really is. 
good times. What I just don't song. like that she I love that song, but I, I don't like that she rhymed contempt with basement. To me, I'm like, you just opened a fucking dictionary and really like, let's see what rhymes. Anyway, Aww. I'm just being a jerk. But I do love that song. I didn't even notice that. No, it's so good. That song made me cry. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god. I, I was also having I was having a I was having a week last week. Having mm. having a cold makes me wallow in self-pity and it's really not <laughs> my it's not really my color, but we're out of it and we're talking now. So I that's was fair. we were really pathetic when we had COVID. So that's you I know. was not yeah, it wasn't great. Okay, tips for real. So <laughs> if you look up, I haven't cited anything for this episode. Um sorry, everyone. But it's all good. If you want to dig into it. Please do. I recommend it. Um, But if you look up, like, just type in, go to Google Scholar and type in growth mindset research and just prepare to have your mind blown just about the way that you talk about things um, and how it can impact your view of failure and getting better. Um, So I think like a big, we won't go into growth mindset too much here because that's the topic for another day. Hopefully someday we can have Chris Hampton on here to talk about growth mindset because he's oh so God. good at talking about it. Yes. But someday, someday we'll get him on here and we'll we'll chat it up. But failure, you know, if we're looking at the core tenets of having a growth mindset, failure is actually an asset to us and it's an opportunity for learning and growth. And I think that's the big shift that you need to have with your relationship with failure. So failure if you have a fixed mindset and a fixed mind, okay, we're getting into it. Sorry, fuck it. We're getting into it. So a fixed mindset <laughs> is basically the belief that you are kind of stuck. It's the belief that you like can't get better or that getting better at things. It's that talent comes from just like you're born with it. Oh, they're just <laughs> lucky. Like da, 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 da. And it's not the like belief that if you work at something, you'll get better. So having a growth mindset mm-hmm. is essentially just believing you can grow which is clearly very important. If, you're, if your goal is to get better at rock climbing, but you don't believe you can get better at rock climbing, you see how that's going to be a problem, right? So if you don't change your relationship with failure and you continue to believe that failure, you know, whether it's on a conscious or subconscious level is not a good thing, you're going to have trouble growing and getting better, right? So first thing that you got to like, the big switch that needs to be made here is that failure is an opportunity to learn and get better. And this is not to say that like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we do want to send the rock climb. And if you aren't sending the rock climb or achieving the outcome you want, we need to figure out why. Like we don't just want to be like so in love with failure that we just like never fucking send anything because we love the process because that's a problem too, right? But if your relationship with failure is that you avoid it at all costs, realizing that failure is actually going to help you get better and have the successes that you do want that's pretty important. And that also comes with changing your definition of success can be very important when it comes to get it, having be having a better relationship with failure. Because if you have a very narrow definition of success, so that could look like only thinking that success is sending your really hard mega project or success is only seeing better numbers or success is, you know, all these like standard versions of it or success is only sending the next hard grade. Like if you just match your like latest red point or you match your latest hard boulder or whatever it may be but it's not really success unless you do something like beyond your quote current limit you know if that's your definition definition of success you're going to think you're failing all the time but if you change that and you're like success today could look like i'm going to go out and try really hard and give this problem my best effort or i'm going to go out and see if i can make like a new link or do one new move on this or i'm going to go out and my goal is to try some 
new climbs that have things that I'm going to learn from on them or whatever it may be. Like if you can have a different definition of success, you're probably going to be patting yourself on the back a lot more and not, not do, not be doing so much beating yourself up. So if you can have a definition of success that relates to how much effort you give something, that's going to be a pretty important piece in healing your relationship with failure. Um, because there might be things I actually, I feel like I have these conversations with athletes all the time where they're, uh, this, this is just last week I was talking to an athlete that was like, yeah, I just feel like my session was really bad. Like I got really scared and, you know, all these things happening And this athlete is kind of working on, um, a fear of falling and just kind of working through fear of leading and all this stuff. And then he's like, yeah, I just was like really scared. And I was like, wait a minute. Our whole goal in this was like working on you, you know, kind of like dealing with fear and managing it. And you just told me there was a clip that intimidated you a lot. And it scared you the first time you went to try to make it, you gave up on it, then you got back on the rock climb, and then you made the clip that scared you. That's not a failure. <laughs> like, yeah, you didn't yeah. make it to the top of the route. You identified something that scared you. And then you did it anyway. And you worked through that. And I was like, whoa, that was the whole fucking point. Yeah, that is not like, a failure at all. Yeah, it's like the little <laughs> things are still really important. That's huge. And and also, too, I feel like those like bite sized chunks of things mm -hmm. you can do feel so good, too, especially if you reframe it that way, you know, instead of being like, oh, I still didn't make it to the top. If you can kind of backtrack and be like, oh, I, I made the clip I was really scared of. Yeah, I'm like, oh, wait, I did yeah. something super uncomfortable and dealt with it anyway. Like, yeah, think about that. Like, if you aren't feeling challenged in your sessions, like that's when I would be more worried about you. If you're like, no, I feel like I do awesome every session and I send everything. I'd be like, amazing. You're not learning shit. <laughs> like you're, you're not amazing, but... you're just feel good like you know fine so that's conversations I have a lot where people think that their session sucked and then I'm like whoa 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 let's back let's back up here and kind of like acknowledge all the like little things you did where you like tried really hard got uncomfortable and actually kind of did awesome so and not that I give people kudos if they like really just genuinely did not get uncomfortable like they didn't give it a good effort I'm not gonna say like you did great. And you're like, no, you didn't try. But like, if you tried and like you put a good effort in, that's like, you know, more than half the battle. So yeah. I think that's, that's pretty important. So I want to give, to kind of close this out, I'll give like a couple of tangible examples that I would have athletes work on. So for, let's use the being afraid of climbing in front of other people example. So if you are the athlete that avoids crowds, listen to this. So Instead of avoiding crowds at the gym, maybe for one or two climbs at the gym, you go get on something that's going to be hard for you in front of a lot of people. So I know that at a lot of gyms, whenever the new set is up and it's like the Tuesday night evening session and all the new boulders are up on one section of the wall and everyone's trying them and there's so many people watching and looking at these boulders, it's go time. You got to go try. <laughs> that's that's you. You're in like... You're Set up. the goal of going and climbing in front of those people and you're going to be so scared and your palms are going to be sweaty, but you got to go do it or something like, you know, if you always climb, not when it's busy, maybe make it a point to like climb when it's busy more often, whatever, whatever you can do, but make it like something tangible that you can like or... put on a tally mark on a sheet. <laughs> Caitlin, what's your idea? Mine's really dumb, but I'm sorry. Anytime I hear palm sweaty, I just go mom spaghetti. spaghetti. Yeah. Go get so palm you sweaty can... mom spaghetti. And literally you'll get on the wall and be like, <laughs> <laughs> mom spaghetti. And then dunk 
your hands. Dunk your hands and and deal with it. But so that's that's one example. So if you know you're like, oh yeah, climbing in front of other people, like that gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit, and you want to work on that piece of your yeah failure tolerance. Go just go. You know, pick something manageable for you. Maybe it's once a week you go get on the more crowded climbs, and like you just kind of like start to get used to it. Another one is if you. Maybe you're like, I get really frustrated when I fall off of something or when I'm not sending something, whether it's like outside, inside, whatever. Make it your goal. This one is really good. So listen up. If you feel like you immediately sort of react to your failures or to falling, before you say anything about your performance, before you react in any sort of outward way, I want you to take three deep breaths. And then... If after you've taken your three deep breaths, you still want to throw your shoe at the wall, throw your fucking shoe. But don't make it your initial reaction because probably what we're what I'm trying to get you to do is instead of just taking all that energy and like reacting with it and saying something like, you know, what's more productive, right? Falling, saying like, oh, I'm just not strong enough or oh, I suck. And then just kind of like sitting in that. What's more productive, doing that or falling, taking three deep breaths and then just thinking about why you fell. Yeah, the latter. The latter is <laughs> going to be a lot more useful I, than just getting pissed off and like yeah. shutting off your brain from actually thinking. So Yeah, it's like a defense mechanism to shut off the brain after that too. Oh, but- yeah, because your brain wants the easy way out, right? So your brain's just yeah. like, yeah, if we just tell ourselves we suck, then we don't have to actually think or do yeah. anything about it. But I have a, a nice alternative that uh, <laughs> I offer you. Oh, perfect. And- a friend of mine who is a guide down at Waco Tanks, shout out Luke, he – one time I was really frustrated. He knew I was really upset, and he handed me a tiny stick. And in my mind, I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this, Luke? And he's like, <laughs> just throw it. Throw the tiny <laughs> stick. And I was like, oh, my God. It made me feel so much better than even, like, throwing a massive stick, you know, because <laughs> – I love my, that so much. In my mind, I was like, yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's also okay to be upset. Like, I think that was what I got from it. <laughs> I, yeah, I really like that. I also think, like, it's like, it's totally okay to be frustrated. Like, yeah, y'all, I have gone to the woods, gotten into a little ball, and like cried about a rock climb before, but I'm like, you know, I usually wait <laughs> until in the forest. <laughs> yeah, like, I just have my little moment and then I like come back. Like, it's okay to have these feelings, but. Like I said, like if it's like constantly your emotions are causing you to not be able to problem solve or figure out why you're falling or do anything productive, um, then that's when, you know, maybe figuring out a way to like get, you know, get away from the chucking the shoes and move more towards, you know, throw your tiny stick, have a little fit, and then get back to figuring out why we're falling or why that keeps happening. Right. So overall, Caitlin, I love that story so much. I really like that because it's I don't know why is that so much like less for some reason throwing a shoe is pure violence but throwing like a little stick is like kind of cute and sad and fun I don't know that seems like a double standard but I kind of love it so it just feels it seems really cathartic yeah I feel at peace because like I can kind of giggle and be like okay this this matters to me in this moment but it's really not a big deal in the grand scheme of my life but I'm also acknowledging that it does suck and it is frustrating and I, I think that balance is kind of where the the tiny stick method works very well (laughs) oh yeah I love that and also just for context like it is a massive 
privilege to be able to rock climb and have the time, space, and energy to care about a rock climb enough to get mad about it. Yep. Like, <laughs> we, like if you get Ain't to spend this truth. much time caring about rocks, like, just remember that a lot of people really wish they had, like, the time, space, availability, you know, that few of resources problems. to give a fuck about something that's a hobby for us, right? So kind of keep some perspective, too, because, you know, even though climbing can be really frustrating and it's a hard journey, like, we also have a shit ton to be grateful for. Not always the easiest thing to remember when you were falling off a move for, like, the 400 millionth time and your <laughs> fingers are just, like, bleeding and you're, like, in a lot of physical pain and you're grumpy, but keep that perspective, too, that we have a lot to be grateful for to just get to be rock climbing anyway. So, hopefully that helps you. Yeah. Kaylin, any any parting thoughts? I think that's all I got to say. Failing's part of climbing. Welcome yeah. to eating shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. <laughs> so. Wow, that would be a really good uh, dichotomous episode. Eating <laughs> shit and not eating shit. Details <laughs> Eat of- shit, throw a stick. This is rock climbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. No no parting, parting things, but I really love the – just kind of the process that you walked us through and understanding where this fear of failure specifically comes in and sort of how like that the ego is involved, but building maybe some reframes, a mindset shift, certainly growth mindset. I feel like there's a lot of things that we can certainly try here. So I'm I'm excited because I'm going to apply some of the stuff in Bishop and I will come prepared with my tiny sticks and I realize we won't be climbing in many areas with tiny sticks but we can also do silly versions of this yeah i'm really excited to go to bishop as well um also i guess i'll announce it here this is my press release (laughs) as of january of 2023 i will be a boulderer i'm gonna boulder with caitlin i'm not touching (laughs) a sport route in new mexico i won't do it oh my god really wait we're not going to diablo no we can oh if you really want to, but I kind of no, want to put a hard no on don't. it. <laughs> Good. We're not going. We're going bouldering. Okay. I'm not doing it. Very exciting. I told you. I said, I texted Caitlin and I was like, sport climbing is out. Bouldering is in. <laughs> I need to change so it up. 2022. Yeah. No. I mean, I'll <laughs> always come back to sport climbing, but I've never given bouldering a chance or like actually cared about bouldering. I'm going to try not to care too much because- Sport climbing is still my one true love, but yeah. for January and February next year, I'm an outdoor boulder. I'll be in a sports bra with my bouldering beanie on. I'm going to be <laughs> a boulder bro. I'm going to brush holds. Uh, it's going to be great. I'm excited to you're see. You're going to brush your ticks. You're going to – yeah, you're you're. we're going to get nerd nerd out on the boulders. Yeah, Don't I'm going to have Caitlin show me, show me her lifestyle, so it's going to be sweet. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, Caitlin, any other important announcements that we need to make? <laughs> I don't think right this right at this time. Uh, I will say that my current 2022, uh, I was going to say playbook, log, uh, my books, they closed. So Oh, it's over. It's over. So if you still want to work with me in any capacity, I am still hosting 60-minute uh, intensives, and that can be a really great way to kind of get you started, get you some tips for the holidays, and then 
also going into the new year. And then that can also merge into a full long-term package with me. So get in touch with me. That'll be in the show notes. And I would love to chat with you if you're interested. I have a quick question for you about that. So if someone puts down a deposit to work with you in 2023, do they still get 2022 pricing? Is that how that is working right now? If they put a deposit down now, yes, they get 2022 pricing Woo! and yeah, it's uh it is going up a little bit. So, if you get in now, yeah, in case you I guys haven't noticed, it. inflation is really popping off. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Can't blame you. You're and in the words I, of L'Oreal commercials, you're worth it. You so. are worth it. Yes. Yeah. I I agree. L'Oreal Paris, my old brand. <laughs> um, yes, but okay, good to know. So, if no more 2022 one-on-one clients with Caitlin, but if you want to work with Caitlin in 2023 and get in on some 2022 pricing oh, and now. save some money, save some money for all those chalk bags you need. <laughs> what? What did I do? Yeah. Why did I say that? Because you're about to boulder and you're going to get a more chalk buckets? I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think I need more than one. Anyways, no. so, but, okay, that's how Caitlin's working. As far as I go, my books are also very nearly, I should have looked before we did this, but whatever. My custom plan books are really, really, really close to full. So if you want to work with me in December at all, let me know soon. January, February, March are also like two thirds full. So anyways, yeah, dude, shit is booking up. But in any case, I did want to let everyone know that I'm going to be doing a pretty sweet black friday sale so that will be happening i'm gonna put everything on sale on november 25th it's gonna last about a week i'm gonna do 30 percent off self-guided training plans and i believe i'm doing 150 dollars off 12 week training plans and i think i'm gonna deal do a deal on six week plans so if you are Ooh. looking to get in and on any of those training options whether you want a custom plan for me in 2023 or you would like a self-guided training plan that you can buy on sale and start whenever those things will be going on sale later on this month so stay tuned for that i'm very excited love doing a black friday sale i think it always sends people into the winter training season totally ready to train and ready to get psyched so yeah a lot of people get training plans and then they're like i'm not starting during the holidays because that's bonkers but i'll start in the new year so that's that's when a lot of people get their new year's training plans going so if that sounds like something you want to do then get psyched and i think that's all i got for now get a discount (laughs) get a discount i'm midwestern and i love a coupon so use the coupons (laughs) okay and we'll have more details coming out about that cool i think that's it (laughs) <laughs> my cat just meowed into the mic so <laughs> perfect i Might didn't hear closing it. time <laughs> all right it's all right kaylin's cat's freaking out it's time it's time it's well time. until next time keep, keep it, it average, average. kaylin always messes it up on purpose all right i don't <laughs> yes you do i don't believe we also just look at each other all right we're out of here <laughs> all right bye Lauren here. We hope you've got a few things to think about the next time you head to the gym or to the crag. Now, I will close us out with some exciting announcements and our production credits. 
feel like you're ready to take more control in your climbing journey, starting to think about your 2023 plans to crush your climbing goals, then get psyched because Goodspray is having a Black Friday training plan sale starting November 25th. Whether you want custom coaching or a self-guided plan, get ready because I'm closing out November with some rowdy deals. Tap the link in the show notes to learn more about your Goodspray training options. Interested in nutrition coaching with Caitlin? Then now is a great time to get started because come 2023, Caitlin is shaking things up and that includes her pricing. So if you want to learn more about working one-on-one with Caitlin, tap the link in our show notes. The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Lauren, and my co-host, Caitlin. You can find us on Instagram at The Average Climber Podcast for antics between episodes and updates on when new episodes are coming out. You can also find Caitlin on Instagram at Dirtbag Nutritionist and me on my Instagram over at Goodspray Coaching. This show is produced by Josh Hayfley with our favorite furry production assistant, Stubby the Corgi. The music for this episode was created and produced by Devin Dabney. The Average Climber podcast is a part of the Plug Tone Audio Collective. Head on over to PlugToneAudio.com or at PlugToneAudio on Instagram to learn more about the other great shows on the network.